Welcome back to the global game. Thanks to Kraken.com, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. James Dodd and Scott McDonald with you here on the global game. And it's now time to welcome our special guest for the evening to help us review that big World Cup defeat for Spain this morning. Crashing out in the round of 16 after they were defeated by Morocco on penalties. Joining us now live from the Spanish capital is ESPN's Madrid correspondent Alex Kirkland. Very good evening to you, Alex. Good morning in Madrid. Dare I ask uh, what the fallout's been to that loss? The mood is not good, as you can probably imagine. A, a national bout of soul-searching is already underway. Um, I think it's definitely because of the way that it happened. The way that in so many ways this was such a predictable exit for, for Spain against Morocco. You just you know, you knew they'd have all the possession. You knew there'd, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of passes but but maybe no end product. You knew there was a good chance uh, the game was going to go to extra time because that happened in every one of their knockout games at Euro twenty twenty. You know, you knew there was a very good chance it would go to to a penalty shootout. Maybe what we didn't know was quite how feeble that penalty shootout was was going to be because it's one of the worst penalty shootout performances I can ever I can ever remember from from, from any team. So in that sense, it was even worse than than expected. Um, but as you can imagine, uh, it's not just of course in in the short term there's discussion about the future of of Luis Enrique, the coach. Should he stay on? Does he want to stay on? There's a very very good chance I think that he that he goes. But there's also as, as is always the case at the beginning of a of a wider debate about what's wrong with Spanish football, what needs to change in Spanish football, is it a problem of Spain's style, is it a problem of the kind of players that Spain is is producing. So, so all of those discussions are uh, are taking place today. Alex, it's Scott McDonald here. Um, just in terms of you talking about Luis Enrique there, and there is a good chance of him going, where does Spain look to then uh, next if they're going to be looking to appoint a new head coach? Well, the number one uh, outstanding candidate is Marcelino, uh, the former Villarreal Valencia, most recently uh, Athletic Club manager. He's out of work at the moment. He's available. Um, there's been some uh, suggestions that there have been informal contacts um, in the build-up to the to the World Cup with Marcelino, in in the sense that they've said, look, you know, just just so you know, it's a possibility that that Luis Enrique goes and just to make sure that he's aware not to take another job because the same job might be might be available. It, I mean, he probably is um, the outstanding candidate in terms of available Spanish coaches. Um, I don't think he's as good a coach as, as Luis Enrique is, but it, like I say, he might well be the best candidate. The interesting thing is that Marcelino would, the, the kind of um, typical Marcelino style has tended to be a little bit different to what we've seen from the Spain national team in recent years. His teams tend to be a little bit more direct, a little bit more aggressive. They've often played quite a sort of a robust kind of 4-4-2, uh, which isn't the kind of thing that we've, that we've tended to see from, from Spain. So it would be an interesting fit, and maybe it would elicit something of the change of style that I'm, I'm talking about. If it's not Marcelino right now, I'm not sure who the other alternatives would, uh, would be. Other people who might have been candidates, someone like Unai Emery, I suppose, of course, has just gone to, to Villa in the Premier League not too long ago. So right now he wouldn't be a, a candidate. So I think if it's going to be anyone, it's, it's going to be Marcelino. Alex, on Luis Enrique then, in, in terms of if he does step away from this job, 
how do you think this may have damaged him? Because he is a fascinating character, and he, you know, not just from football, he suffered an awful tragedy in in his in his private life away from from the game of of you know, and, and his role of being head coach of Spain. He took a break. He came back. You know, we, we, we I listened to your your fantastic podcast, the Spanish football podcast, and and you know, you spoke at length about trying to predict Luis Enrique's teams. You know, was it going to be Carvajal or Aspilicueta ended up being Marcus Llorente playing at right back. There was the debate about Alvaro Morata. Would he play through in the middle or would it be Marco Asensio? You then throw in the, the mix that, you know, completely, you know, I suppose bizarrely, but but rather fun was the fact that Luis Enrique was live streaming on Twitch every single night of this World Cup tournament, which, you know, you can't exactly imagine Gareth Southgate or, you know, Fernando Santos, the Portugal manager, doing something like that. Do you think this is any way damaged Luis Enrique's chances of maybe going on to secure a, a top club job after this? I don't think so. I think, look, here in Spain, Luis Enrique is an incredibly divisive character. He always has been. A, a lot of that is because so much of Spanish football comes down to the old divide between Real Madrid and Barcelona, and Luis Enrique being a guy who left Madrid for Barca as a player, went on to coach Barcelona, had huge success there there has been real animosity between him and the madrid based press in, in in particular so a lot of it comes down to to that as much as any doubts about his ability as a, as a manager or, or doubts about his his approach or his decisions although those doubts also exist i think it's fair uh, fair to say look I, I i love luis enrique i fall firmly in the camp i think he's an outstanding coach i think he is um, the best Spanish coach around, other than Pep Guardiola, who of course is the is, is the number one. Um, of course, this now looks well. This World Cup has been a bit of a, a of, of a disaster um, after what was in many ways quite an encouraging Euros. You know, this was supposed to be the tournament, I think, where a lot of us expected Luis Enrique to to take Spain quite a bit further down the down the line, and it hasn't happened. But I don't think I don't think it's it's damaged his, his brand. As a, as a coach or his you know, potential options in the future, I think he would get some, some very attractive potential offers if he does decide to, to leave Spain. Um, that might well come from, from overseas. Um, he's been, I think, quite keen in the past on potentially moving to the Premier League. He speaks pretty good English, quite a bit better than a lot of people realise. Um, so maybe he would look to, uh, to move abroad. But yeah, I, I think people are aware that he's, when you look at his record, what he did with Barcelona, that he's a very, very good coach. Yes, there are some there's some question marks about did he well, well ultimately has he now failed in charge of Spain and where exactly the blame lies. But yeah, I don't think it's it, it's damaged his personal brand too much. Like you say, in many ways, I think it, the kind of the spotlight of the World Cup has got him a lot of a lot of attention because he's been doing this kind of quite um, attention grabbing stuff like these uh, yeah, daily Twitch streaming sessions and. And that kind of thing. Um, I think maybe because the World Cup um, gets so much attention internationally, I think maybe in a way it's it's kind of built his his image and his brand internationally. Even though yes, Spain's ultimate performance uh, maybe maybe has, has damaged it a little bit. Alex, just uh, alluding to you, you mentioned Morata there, someone that's not been. Uh, very much loved by the, the Spanish uh, sort of media and obviously public at times. Obviously, did did decent in this World Cup, scoring three goals. Had had a you know tough Euros and a World Cup prior to that. 
in terms of obviously for our listeners and, and we go down the list of all-time greats in, in Spanish strikers, is this something that gets talked about? You know, there's no Torres, Morientes, Raul. I'll go far as far back as Goyka Chair. I'm showing a little bit of my history there. But where are the next bunch of strikers coming? And is, is this something that the Spanish press and the public are alluding to, that there isn't any good number nines out there to, to take the lead and score those goals that seem to be missing from this team? Yeah, I think people are asking the question, why are we not producing enough number nines? Are we producing too many, you know, tiki-taka creative midfielders? They're brilliant, of course. You know, Pedri's amazing. Gabby's amazing. But there, is there something about Spanish football's identity, about the way that Spanish academies work, about the way that young Spanish players are produced, that means that we're not producing proper forwards? And maybe it hasn't been the case for for a while. Like, you know, I think Morata is a, a very good player, but it's true that he's not an absolutely top player, I don't think. And there have been doubts about him everywhere he's gone, and there have been, I think, good reasons for, for that. So, yeah, that's a question that people are, are asking. And I, I, think, I do think that Spain, for all of their talented young players, what they do lack when it comes to tournament football is a, kind of a, a, an elite game-changing player, um, whether it's a, a, a star forward or something like that, who can kind of get them out of trouble or who can score a goal from nothing in a game like the game against Morocco yesterday. And they don't have that. They don't have anyone that they can look to to, to, to do that. And that's why you get these games where they kind of you know, have all of the ball and try and try and try. But it's almost like it's kind of everything has to be perfect. Everything has to fall into place. You know, the final pass has to be, has to be just right. They don't have anyone who can just do something from, from nothing. Um, in the final third, I think that's definitely an issue. It, it's hard to say what the what the reasons are. Maybe there is something in, in, like I say, in the kind of players that Spanish football tends to produce, and then it doesn't favour uh, producing a, a proper centre forward. But then look, of course, you know Spain had their greatest success when you look back at the golden age of from 2008 to, to 2012. And um, of course, they had David Villa, who you know for many people was the greatest uh, Spanish striker of all time, the all-time record scorer for the for the national team. But after him, when you move on towards um, Euro 2012, for example, Spain moved away from that and ended up playing without a centre-forward. You know, that they were playing with, often even with someone like Jess Fabregas as a kind of false nine and had a lot of success doing that. So Spain have had success in the past without a proper centre-forward. I guess the question is whether football has kind of moved on a bit from that and Spain maybe need to move on as well. Alex, just finally, um, there was reports going into this game that, you know, I listened to you guys on the podcast discussing the, the large number of Moroccan fans and, and Moroccan residents that, that live in Spain, given that Spain and Morocco are so close to one another. Were there any reports of, of any any trouble after that, that win for Morocco? Not that I've seen. Um, yeah, you're right, Spain and Morocco are, are neighbours. Of course, it's just a, a few miles um, from mainland Spain across the Straits of Gibraltar to to Morocco, you've also got a couple of Spanish cities on the African coast, you know, right there in next to Morocco in Ceuta and, and, and Melilla. Um, so, yeah, they are very, very close neighbours. And there's a huge number of Moroccans that live here in, in Spain. Uh, what we did see after the game was you know, big groups of, of Moroccan fans celebrating. Um, you, you saw that here in the centre of Madrid in the, in the Puerto del Sol and places like that getting together and celebrating. But fortunately, I haven't seen any reports of, of any significant uh, problems and that is uh, that is very good news. Well, that is a positive, that's for sure. Even if the big negative of the night is Spain crashing out of the World Cup on penalties once again. ESPN's Madrid correspondent Alex Kirkland, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Alex. My pleasure.
Plenty more still to come here on the Global Game on SEN. We'll be back after this.